Hello, and welcome to World Screen's Fast Festival. I'm Kristen Brzezowski, Executive Editor of World Screen, and I'm speaking with Chris M. Williams, founder and CEO of Pocket Watch. Hi, Chris. Hey, great to be here. So I know Pocket Watch has been in the fast space for about five years now. What opportunities did you identify early on that led you into this? Uh, well, first, for those that don't know Pocket Watch, you know, a big part of what we do is we work with these um, massively popular creators on YouTube, primarily in the kids and family space. And when we we extend their businesses in franchise-like ways, including content distribution, you know, is really our, our, our core mission and content distribution is a big part of that. You know, if you'd asked me when I started the company, if you said, hey, you're going to have two linear channels, I would have said you're crazy because, you know... Um, Avi was really the, uh, or VOD in general, was really what was taking over at that point. And, you know, it kind of took me a little by surprise how quickly these new services, um, these fast services, you know, they weren't even named necessarily uh, at the time, uh, how quickly they came on. And, um, you know, we, it was really important to me always to get real estate early, right? And if I see an area that has, you know, just a bit of momentum, we really try and get in front of that momentum. And so we, when we started seeing some services like Samsung TV Plus and Pluto um, in particular starting to grow, we said, you know, we really should be there. And um, we also like that these are walled gardens, right? And I think a big part of our business is when we're extending these massively popular creators' IP and their content into other areas. Um, we don't focus on the open platforms like other companies do, like Facebook or Snapchat or anything like that. We really focus on these walled gardens because we know there'll be a limited amount of options and choices, and you want to be curated into those services. And Fast really was was providing a new way of doing that. Um, you know, we saw it as a great opportunity early on to build our brands. Um, and really fulfilling our overall mission of being everywhere kids are, right? We um, want to bring the kids and families the creator content they crave in ways that, you know, parents and, and these premium platforms like these fast channel platforms can embrace. Um, and so we saw this as a great opportunity. Um, we were, you know, initially we thought about everything from driving CP to launching new shows to driving something, things like game downloads and, you know, and even new ways to obviously monetize all this content. Um, it's been, we've come a long way, right? And uh, in the five years, in fact, uh, our two channels, we now have two channels, Pocket Watch and Ryan and Friends. Uh, they are the most distributed kids fast channels. Um, the Pocket Watch channel is available on 10 different platforms. Ryan and Friends is available on nine. They've had a great run. We've, we've generated over 100 million hours of um, watch time uh, since we've launched, and we we're doubling year over year. Um, our Ryan and Friends channel uh, has actually just launched uh, on June 28th of this year um, on the Samsung TV Plus platform. It took a while to get there, but now we're there with our with our Ryan and Friends channel, and we expect that to be a massive success. So we're 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 just starting to look at data and feeling really good about it. But you know, this is an area that's clearly growing very quickly. Five years is a relatively short amount of time, 
and considering this growth that we've seen, what would you say is driving this quick uptick and how has PocketWatch's fast strategy evolved over these last five years? Obviously, we've benefited from being early and successful, and that that helps a lot. Um, you know, we we introduced Ryan and Friends um, uh, as our version of like uh, an Oprah Winfrey network. It's like it's like uh, you know, Ryan is to Ryan and Friends as Oprah is to own. Right. And the idea was to bring together a lot of different creators. We have over 23 friends and Ryan and friends. And this is a big evolution. You know, when we started, it was a pocket watch channel. We thought about individual show channels or creator channels, but we really found a sweet spot with Ryan and friends um, where, you know, he can cast a halo over these other creators and their content. They're also huge in their own rights. They've all done extraordinarily well and are massively popular on YouTube, but he, he is the biggest pop culture icon. He has the most, he's the ambassador to parents, parents and businesses for, for YouTube kids in general. And so it really made sense for us. And we've seen such great success with that. Um, um, you know, it's a flywheel. So it's like, once these things gain momentum and success, other platforms want them, right? So it's, it's you know, once you have successful channels, it's really good because then those conversations uh, are very easy with the, uh, with the, the, those other, um, other platforms. Now, I'd say where, where the evolution needs to continue to happen and where we're making great investment is on the monetization side. And so when we think about kids' content broadly, there's just been such an evolution in the business model from, frankly, cable, which was just such a great cash cow for funding great enriching kids' content, to now really having to rely on, you know, these either subscription services, which, you know, sometimes they're into kids' content, sometimes they're not, <laughs> Um, and, uh, and we really believe that if we can become more and more successful in monetizing the kids content through fast channels and other means, advertising being a big component there that, you know, that is a big win for us and our creator partners and our platform partners. So big investments there, that's a big evolution. Um, um, we obviously program our channels a bit to, to, um, support and amplify our other lines of business. So we think about that a lot. So you'll see tie-ins where, you know, we might do a whole thematic, for example, around Ryan's World content where uh, we have Island Adventures and now Island Adventures becomes a big theme that we can create blocks for on our fast channels with animated content, with live action content all around that Ryan's World brand. And then that embodies itself in consumer product part partnerships like Dole, where now we're in the store with pineapples and then we have a pineapple toy. And like, so we really think of fast as like a good outlet and distribution outlet for all of those types of things as well. Um, and now I'd say, lastly, we're beginning to focus also on how we might um, drive subscribers to our SVOD service, which is an extension of our fast channel, Ryan and Friends, is Ryan and Friends Plus. So how do we use Ryan and Friends, the fast channel, to really help drive those subscriptions to Ryan and Friends Plus?
Let's talk a little more about how these fast offerings are programmed, scheduled, and curated. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, there's a team of people that does it. You know, so there's it's certainly a, uh, there are experts in the field, more expert than me. But primarily, you know, it's a good reminder that so much of what we do is around working with these massively popular uh, kids and family creators on YouTube. We have 45 partners today and we continue to grow. And a big part of it is we are essentially, you know, curating, curing, enriching, and packaging that content in such a way that it can be distributed more broadly onto premium platforms. We make it super safe and, and um, we give a lot of confidence to both business partners like Fast Platforms and to parents directly that this is now a safe environment to give kids what they crave from this content. Um, and that's a big part of what we do. And we use a product that we currently call Mishmashes. So Mishmashes are essentially taking that YouTube content with our creators and, and packaging it as 22-minute episodes and, and really, you know, applying those standards of, of enrichment and, you know, finding the best of the best and, and making them more like TV with interstitials and things like that so they can sit on those platforms. And that makes it much more flexible for us in terms of how we program our fast channels, utilizing um, at its core these these YouTube to TV kind of exports in the form of these mishmashes. Um, we also, um, uh, you know, are doing best ofs. We're doing promotional episodes from new series. We're doing event driven stunts, which we love seasonal and event driven stunts really, really work well. Um, so, you know, we'll do things around Halloween. We'll do things around Black History Month. We'll do all sorts of things around uh, and, and try and eventize programming, not unlike traditional television has, has always done in the past. Um, and that's been a really important part. And um, obviously we're looking at data um, that really informs what's working and what's not working. It enables us and gives us roadmaps for how to, how to, how to curate and program our channels. And, uh, you know, that data is much more rich and much more real time, although it's complicated and challenging, it's much more rich in real time, uh, uh, enabling us to make pretty fast decisions about what to do. And I'd say, lastly, we're going to be, you'll start to see our fast channel serve as a window as we are focused on original programming for our uh, the Ryan and Friends Plus SVOD, you'll start to see fast channels as a window um, that where you'll start to see some of this original content, which is always again in partnership with our creators, right? So it's these are extensions, new IP that are extensions of what they're already doing that we really lean into, and we'll make those a bigger part of our fast channels going forward as well. Talk to us about the revenue models that Pocket Watch is working with here. What new models are emerging? Um, yeah, the revenue models primarily today are ad-based. So there's typically two ways you engage with a fast platform. One is you take half the ad inventory and you monetize that yourself through direct sales and programming any sort of waterfalls associated with that, uh, you know, ad waterfalls associated with that inventory. Or you do some sort of rev share where the platform is selling the ads and then sharing the revenue with you. Um, we, every time we can, we will take the former. We would like the ad inventory. Uh, we truly believe that there is not a huge opportunity with all the shifting landscape to monetize kids content through advertising um, that is not being 
properly invested in. And we really think that creates an incredible opportunity. And if we do that really well, we know that's just not only going to be good for our business, but many other people's businesses as well. So we're continuing to invest um, that, uh, you know, and, and fast just becomes a, it's one outlet, right? So we're packaging across many outlets. We're one of, you know, as a reminder, we're one of only a handful of companies in the entire world that Google, for example, has granted ad sales rights to for selling YouTube Kids ad inventory, right? YouTube Kids is the largest platform for kids content distribution in the world. So we can package that along with our Fast Channel, with our AVOD apps, with our gaming downloads. We have over 40 million gaming downloads with custom content from the biggest kids advertisers in the world. And this, this I mean, the kids creators in the world. And this creates an incredible mix of assets that that has so much value to advertisers and so if we can you know continue to invest in that and continue to be uh, continue to get better and better at it we just think there's a big win there and that's really the the main revenue model obviously we're there there are still some instances of fixed fees believe it or not um, particularly if there's asks for no advertising, you know, versions of your channels. And so we do, we are launching on a platform later this year uh, with a non-ad supported channel where we will get a fixed fee for every uh, subscriber. Um, and then obviously we're using it to um, promote and build audience for our own SVOD. That's a big, um, a big revenue opportunity as well. And you mentioned data before. I wanted to make sure to come back to that. How are you approaching analytics and what are the challenges there? I will say it is really challenging. All these platforms deliver different data, different formats. You know, we've developed some proprietary tools that really help us collect, normalize, and analyze all that disparate data. It's really important to us. We started making those investments like three years ago, and they're really paying off in terms of at least giving us that opportunity to aggregate all that data together and, and normalize it. Um, but you know, look, that it that looks like an opportunity for someone, I will say, like, particularly as it relates to advertising. So how how are we able to communicate effectively with advertisers how big the audiences are around our, you know, we're on 10 platforms, right? And 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 continuing to grow. So like pulling that all together and 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 giving some unduplicated data and things like that are still represent a pretty big challenge, especially as we, you know, try and make a go of it in the ad market. So um an opportunity. We, we, I'm sure, you know, Comscore and Nielsen, if you're listening, there's definitely um, opportunities there. What have you learned about how kids are engaging with FAST compared to an on-demand offer? And how does this differ from their adult counterparts? Well, first off, you know, kids are obviously the, the most voracious consumers of content. Uh, you know, they want it in all their different forms, in all their different places, whether that's long form or short form or on demand or linear or with commercials or without commercials, horizontal, vertical, big screens, small screens, you, you get the point, right? And we're, um, you know, we're committed always, right, to bringing kids their favorite content. And it's all its different forms, you know, the content and their IP that they love so much from these YouTube creators. Like we want to get it to them every which way. Um, and not just you know, frankly, because it's 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 good business, right? The, we also care deeply about what kids are consuming, and I think what we've what we realize is this is by the way, this, both as parents, you know, I'm a parent too, so this is also anecdotal to a certain extent, but certainly the data shows this. But you know, left to their own devices, right? Kids are always going to seek out and try and find this 
creator content that we are so steeped in, right? And they're compelled to because it satisfies this basic impulse and these needs to see other kids and families like themselves, right? They just, and to a large extent, Hollywood and media doesn't, traditional media doesn't give them as much of that anymore, right? There's been uh, the investments in animation or just, just dwarf anything in live action. And so the opportunity for kids to see themselves in the content, particularly as they get older, past preschool, right? Once they're past preschool and parents, not parent directed anymore, you know, we just think it's so important that kids have the opportunity to watch other kids and families like themselves. And, and that represents a great um, anchor for us because right now they get that, that, that's satisfied on platforms like YouTube and TikTok, but we offer that this two platforms uniquely, right? So it's like our fast channels serve this purpose where it's like, hey, you're getting a little taste of what kids voraciously love about these YouTube and TikTok. You're going to bring that to your platform, right? And we think that's a really compelling case. The data shows that it's true. The popularity is really big. We don't believe we're ever moving audiences, right? We're just, we're just, finding new audiences and then giving them what they love and um, new audiences of kids. And so um, once they get this, all this content from us, it's important to understand that like it's been through our system, right? It's coming from a good place. It's been filtered. It's been enhanced for, you know, great values and enriching elements. Like we've ensured that it's safe. They're watching it all on a curated platform where they can't go down algorithmic rabbit holes and things like that. Right. And so for, um, um, you know, especially this is, you know, like we, especially our content we think is so valuable for families that aren't necessarily traditional families, right? They don't have two parents at home constantly monitoring their kids and things like that. Like we represent a really good, and the fast channels, especially because parents can take a lot of, um, comfort in the fact that we've done so much to make this content safe for them and, and their kids and the fast channel, it's like, that's all they're going to get when they watch it is that it's been through the safety protocols that we, you know, the packaging, all the curating, all the curing, everything. So, um, you know, we think we're, uh, we've, that's a big difference from adult uh, fast ch channels and, and on demand. What are your predictions for fast and kids programming? First looking at the short term and then a little bit of a longer view. We're, we think it's, it's it can it'll continue to grow fast again. This you know this wasn't a category I would have said five years ago that I thought would be as huge as it is today, but it is it is um, you know there's clearly a massive audience of people that are comfortable you know turning something on and just watching a, a channel and um, you know we we'll, we'll, we think it's going to grow. We think it it'll go through waves of adding channels and pruning channels. Like we do think that that's that. There's been, I'd say, over the last couple of years, you know, they they sped up so fast and then they had so many channels and some were just not successful and they pruned a lot of those channels. And and I think now they're actually back into growth, growth mode again. We think they'll innovate in new ways uh, to transition more fluidly between fast, on demand and even subscription so we we and we think there's a lot in the ecosystem that needs development that and innovation that a lot of these platforms are thinking about and working on that'll benefit uh publishers and and uh studios like us and and networks um 
you know, long-term again, monetization has to improve. This is the number one thing. I think uh, this is the, in the long term. this is nothing can succeed in kids content. If we can't figure out monetization, it's successful monetization. I think that's a real focus uh, for us, for the industry. And I think these fast platforms um, are going to, are going to learn that they need to embrace as many partners as they can in order to, to improve that monetization too. Chris, you have shared some great insights. So I want to thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Really looking forward to uh, seeing all the other speakers as well. Thank you.